great seeing you here this morning. I hope you're catching uh, those announcements that Justin just made because those are some big things going on for us here at Grace. You know, the, the Connect class next Sunday, if, if, you aren't, uh, if you are new to our church and you want to know, as Justin was saying, the things we believe, where we came from, you know, why we do what we do and have that opportunity for membership, that class is for you. Please sign up either online or at the Information Center. Also, that football game, always a good time. And then baptisms, the most important thing in these announcements is that you can catch uh, that opportunity on November 3rd or November 10th. You can sign up for one of those days. Follow the Lord's example. Follow his command. Be baptized if you're a believer. If you have questions about that, you can talk with us. But we would be glad to have you be a part of that day. So if you can sign up as well for that at the Information Center or online, and then Kalahari. Parents, save yourself some money, get your students signed up by November 6th, and it is, it'll be a great weekend for them, an encouraging, challenging weekend for them. Hey, we've been enjoying this series, and we've seen a, some things that are, that are key things, things that, that are solid reasons to believe. We've seen that the fact that the Bible is reliable. We've seen the evidence that Jesus is God. We've looked at his claims to be God. If you missed any of those, or if you have, still have questions about that, you can go back and look at those messages again. Go to our website, ohiograce.com, and just watch them again. Try to get those answers down. But today we're talking about an answer as to why we should believe that I think would make sense if we were just looking at it from a completely human perspective. And that answer is pretty simple. We should believe because God meets our needs. He provides and he doesn't just provide just enough to get by where we're barely surviving. No, it's like David talked about in the 23rd Psalm. Remember what he said there? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And he goes on to lay out all the ways that God has provided for him. And then he caps it off with, my cup overflows. What he's saying there is that God gives us more and he gives us better than we ever deserve. It's more than we can handle because he's good and he provides. And to go through life without believing in him in the sense of trusting him for salvation means that you miss out on his commitment to provide for you. And that really just doesn't make sense. In fact, God's provision is so good, maybe the question really should be, why not believe? Uh, why wouldn't you? I saw where somebody said there are 169 verses in the Bible that refer to the ways God provides for us. In one way, that seems like a lot of verses, right? 169. But then you get thinking about it, and to me, it seems way low. I mean, God's provision is all through the scriptures. Every page is filled with how he's providing for his people. But today we're just going to pick out a couple of those that deal directly with his, his provision. If you have a Bible or, or on your device, you can pull up Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Matthew 6, verse 25, Jesus himself is teaching. And I just want to point out three reasons that he provides for us. He says this, For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, that they do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. 
Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Do not worry then, saying, what will we eat, or what shall we drink, or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So here's Jesus in the middle of what is the greatest, most life-challenging and life-changing message I think ever given, an awesome message. And here right in the middle of it, he talks about the needs in our lives. And there's, there's a lot here. There's so much stuff, great stuff. We don't have time to look at this morning, but we do want to see some reasons he gives as to why God provides for us. And here's the first. He provides for us because, first of all, he values us. Verse 26, he's, talking about, he's been talking about the birds and how God provides for them. You know, they don't sow, they don't reap. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And then he asks the question, are you not worth much more than they? See, here, we, we have worth. And we have great worth according to this passage, which is different, way different, by the way, than us being worthy. We're not worthy of God's provisions for us, but he gives us worth. It's sort of like, like when you're dating someone. When Becky and I were dating, uh, at some point, and I, I don't really know why, but at some point, she began to value me. I know a lot of you are saying you don't know why she would do that either. But here's the deal. If she valued me because I was doing things that made me somehow worthy of her, then someday I might not do enough. Someday I, I might quit doing things that made me worthy of her and then I could lose her. But when you're looking for someone to spend your life with, you're looking for someone who places value on you, right? Who who's places worth on you. That's what God does for no reason other than it's in his nature to do it. He places value on us, and it's a high value. And because of that value, he provides for us. That's why his provision is guaranteed, because we didn't deserve it. We didn't do anything to make ourselves worthy. Otherwise, it'd be just like the dating thing. We might not follow through. We wouldn't follow through. And we'd become unworthy and could lose his provisions. But out of his grace, he gave us worth. And that guarantees his provision for us. He values us. What an amazing thought, a transforming thought that the God of heaven would value us. Which is a whole lot better, let me say, than self-worth. You know, our, our culture is consumed with the idea of self-worth. But self-worth can be inconsistent, right? We can get down on ourselves. A lot of people struggle. A lot of the reason I think 
people struggle in our, in our time is because we've bought into, it's all about feeling good about yourself. And so we're wrapped up in trying to get to a point where we're feeling good about ourselves, But then we're up and down, and that comes and goes. And so people struggle. How great is it to know, though, that the God of heaven values us. He gave worth to us. It, that never comes and goes. It's not up and down. It's consistent. He values us. Never changes. He values us, and that's why he provides for us. But not only does he value us, secondly, he also watches us. Verse 32 says, your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. Some good news there. He's talk, he says he's talking about our needs in life, clothing and food, things that are essentials, things that we really need. And we're told he knows, he watches. It's not like he's out there stalking us. He's watching us in the sense of knowing our needs. He's fully aware of everything we're going through and knows exactly what's needed in our life. And that gives us real security. There's not a whole lot that can shake us if we are convinced that our Father knows our needs and provides for us. Remember the story of Abraham and Isaac and they're going to do the sacrifice? And they're on their way and Isaac looks up at his dad, Abraham, and he says to him, Dad, where's the lamb? And, and, and Abraham answers and says, God's going to provide. And sure enough, they get to the place and, and they get preparing for that sacrifice. They're just about ready to do it. And, and they look up and there is a ram in the brush. And God provides. And so they, they're so excited about it. They get celebrating it. And Abraham calls that place, the Lord will provide. He gives it this name, the Lord will provide. That phrase really ties into Kevin's explanation last week, if you remember, of the, names of, the name of God. Remember that Yahweh, Jehovah, that explanation? Well, that comes into play here. See, what Abraham calls this place in Hebrew is Yahweh Yirah. Yahweh Yirah, it, it's more commonly referred to when you think about that switch over to Jehovah and how they took the vowels and consonants and all that. And, and it becomes known as Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah, the Lord, Jireh will provide. So way back... 4,000 years ago, Abraham in the middle of nowhere, really on a, on a hill called Mount Moriah, which would later be the location of the temple in Jerusalem. But at that place, the middle of no, at that time, the middle of nowhere, 4,000 years ago, Abraham recognized that God provided and will provide. But what's interesting is that the root word for Zyra literally means to see. Somewhere in the combination of those two words, Jehovah and Jireh, there's a relationship between God seeing and God providing. So when Abraham calls God Jehovah Jireh, he isn't just saying, hey, God gives us stuff. He's saying God sees and God experiences all these needs of ours and he makes provision for them. It's deeply personal. That's the kind of God he is and the kind of God we believe in. He's deeply personal. He sees our needs. He sees your needs. He experiences those needs with you, and he provides. 
So he provides, first of all, because he values us. And then secondly, he provides because he watches us and he knows our needs. And then the third reason, he surpasses us. He's just better than we are. We give gifts, but they're limited, right? We're limited by how much we know or by how much we have. Just this past week, Becky and I were laughing about a Christmas gift I gave to her last year that she used one time. And she doesn't have any plans to ever use it again. Why? Because I'm limited, sometimes very limited. But that's never the case with our Father. He surpasses us in every way. James 1.17, every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. Think about it. Here's the Father. He's the Father of lights. Which is pretty cool. He's talking about the lights in the sky, the sun, the moon, stars. Here's the all-powerful God who created and sustains those lights in the sky. The Father of the universe. And he's the one that's continually, and I mean continually, sending down these gifts. The, the verb tense here that James uses, coming down of these gifts, it's, it's ongoing. It's nonstop. It's like the faucet that's never turned off. It just keeps flowing. He's raining down perfect gifts on us. And that's never going to change because he never changes. That's why James tells us there's no variation or shifting shadow. Even his shadow doesn't move. It doesn't shift. He, because he's always the same. He's perfectly consistent. There's never a hint of change from him. Which is amazing in itself. There's nothing else or no one else like him in that. And it's this all-powerful, never-changing God that's the one that's pouring down gifts on us. That's what Scripture's telling us. But we know that truth, not just from the Word, which is good enough, but, but in addition to that, we also know that because that's the experience of every true believer. We've all seen it, and we've all experienced it. I mean, if if we took the believers in this room right now and we begin to talk about all the gifts he's given us and all the ways he's provided for us and met our needs through the years, it would be endless. He's so good to us. We'd all have our lists and our stories of what he's done for us. It would blow us away. So good. A God that surpasses us, continually providing for us good and perfect gifts. I know there's probably some here listening to all this and you're thinking, this all sounds just too good to be true. Well, let me clarify just a couple of things just so you don't misunderstand what we're saying. First of all, believing in God doesn't mean that we get everything we want. You know, it's not like we're talking about some get-rich-quick scheme here. You know, hey, I want more money, I want better health, I want whatever, and our list goes on and on, and God's like some genie in a bottle that we 
you know, rub the bottle and, and he's going to pop out and just give us whatever. And he's running all over trying to meet all our needs. If, you know, and so I, boom, I become a Christian and I'll have everything I ever wanted. No, this isn't us getting whatever it is we want. We, we all know that a person who gets everything they want, that's not always good for them, right? I mean, if you're a parent, you know that. Our, and our father, being a good father, isn't going to do that to us. Instead, the Father gives us gifts that James describes here as good and perfect gifts. Good and perfect. The idea of those good gifts is that they have to do with what's useful. See, he doesn't give us gifts that we can't use. He gives us gifts that are useful in our lives. Unlike the ones I might buy for somebody. He gives us gifts that are useful and they're perfect that's the idea of completion. It's lacking nothing. There's no pieces missing to what he gives us. It's perfect. It fits our lives. He provides us with all that we need to handle life, the good and the bad of life. So we're not talking about us getting everything we want. And the second clarification is that as Christians, believing in God doesn't mean that we get rid of everything we don't want. You know, our problems don't automatically go away. So if somebody's saying, well, you know, I, well, what about Christians who face some difficulty or they're facing some devastating event in their lives and, and, they, and they don't seem to have their needs met? Where, you know, where's God then? God's the same place he's always been. And let me say, when we start thinking like that, we're thinking that way because we're looking and we're, all we're looking at is the problem. If you can get your eyes beyond the problem and look a little deeper, what you see is that even in that situation, as difficult as it may be, God is providing. It's a lot like Philippians 4.19. If you know that verse, a lot of us do. We think, you think, wow, great verse, so positive. Philippians 4.19, my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. God's going to supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. In his riches and glory, there's, there's no, no ending to that. So while I'm, it's, there's, this is a resource, it's not going to fall out. So we think all positive, and it is a very positive verse. But you've got to remember that when Paul wrote that, he was in prison. You know, so being a Christian didn't mean his problems didn't go away. I'm sure he would have been glad to have been set free. Instead, he's in prison, and in prison, he grew in that situation. Listen to what he said just a few verses earlier. Verse 11, he said, Not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry both of having abundance and suffering need. See, even in prison, even when he was hungry, even when he suffered, he knew, and all believers know, that God is providing, and we're able to learn to be content in any and every circumstance, and that is priceless. As Christians, we know this life this life is not heaven. 
We're going to go there someday. It'll be awesome. But this life's not heaven. We don't expect it to be like heaven. We expect just the opposite. In fact, Jesus told us in this world we're going to have difficulties. So that's what we expect. Our problems don't disappear. We don't get rid of things that we don't want necessarily. But what we can confidently say is that not only does the Bible tell us that even in our toughest times, he provides over and over again, but again, there's a testimony of generations, of millions of Christians whose even in their most difficult times, and I'm talking about heartbreaking, gut-wrenching, desperate times. The testimony of believers who still know, even in those times, the, the, the goodness and the comfort and the peace of knowing that God is their provider. Christians who would tell you the many, many ways he has provided for them. Uh, there is nothing, there is nothing like knowing Jesus. God is good to those who have come to him by faith. Of course, we know there's a sense in which God's good to all. In fact, the Bible says he sends rain on everyone, and that was a good thing. I mean, they lived in a desert. They understood how good rain was, and so Sending rain on all was God being good to all. In a general sense, he's good to all those, those who believe in him and those who don't. But in that, that kindness that he offers to everyone, it's actually meant for one thing. Romans 2.4 says, do you think lightly of his kindness and tolerance and patience, not knowing that the kindness of God leads you to repentance See, his goodness is intended to grab us, to make us stop and recognize that goodness and recognize that it's from him. And then out of gratitude for what he's provided, to turn to him by faith. See, his greatest desire is for you to have a relationship with him. But it's so easy as to take for granted the rain that falls and the sun that comes every morning. Paul's asking the question, do you take it lightly? All the good things that come our way in life. We just think it just sort of, that's it's just life coming at us. And some of it's good, and boy, it's great. And some of it's bad, and that's, you know, that's, that's bad. But, hey, but it's just the way life is. That's the way people take it. All the good things that come in our life are the result of God providing a loving God who wants to have a relationship with us and wants us to know all the good things that he can provide. So if he's good to all, why believe if he gives good things to everyone? Because for all those who do turn to him, his provision gets beyond the general things he provides and it's much more personal. His gifts to those who have believed, as we looked, are good and perfect. They're good and perfect because, he, because he, he values us, he watches us, and he surpasses us. And because 
He does all that. He provides for us. With a God like that, you owe it to yourself to ask the question again, why not believe? I mean, why would you not? If you've never turned to him, you, you can do that today. You can know what it's like to have your sin forgiven, to know the assurance of heaven, and to know that the God of heaven is walking with you through life and providing for every need. And we would encourage you to take that step. Take that step today. Don't put it off. As Christians, we know this. Some of us are probably, right now, people in this room who are facing difficult things in life, situations beyond your control. Going through those struggles, whatever it is you're going through, you can face them with the assurance, the comfort, the peace, the security that only he can provide. You can rest in them. You can have real contentment in him no matter what you're dealing with. You can trust him to provide. And we need that in our lives, don't we? We need an anchor that we can just rest in or that will hold on to us in the storms. And there's a world around us that is desperate to see people whose lives reflect the contentment and the confidence that knowing we have a, a father who's providing us brings. People want to see people who, 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 when life gets tough on them, they're not falling apart. They're not hopeless. They have a place that they can turn. And, and when they see that in us, then they are drawn to that. When they see us, the confidence and the hope and the, and the joy that he can bring even in difficult times, they want to know about our God. In just a moment, Tim's going to come lead us in a closing song. Maybe you've got some things that you're having to deal with in life right now, and once again, you just want to turn them over to the Father. And so we invite you today, if, if you want to, during this song, you can come down and kneel and pray and just turn it to him. Remember, this is a God who values you, who's watching you, who knows your needs, and he surpasses you. He's gonna, his provision for you will go far beyond anything your own efforts can possibly produce. So you can come during this song, just kneel and pray if you want. If you would like to know about having a relationship with this God who can provide for you, there'll be pastors in room one, this room right back here, and we would be glad to talk with you about that, answer any questions you might have. Don't, don't put that off. Let's stand and we'll close in prayer. Father in heaven, we do thank you for your goodness and your grace. God, your provision for us. So good to us. Really beyond words. Not only limited, Father, in giving gifts, we're limited in being able to describe how good you are. Thank you for your provision. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for putting value on us. God, thank you for providing for us and even in our most difficult times. We love you. 
love you for loving us. And I pray, God, for someone today, anyone here today that may not have taken that step of faith, that they would take that today. God, move them, encourage them to take that step. Draw them to yourself, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.